Welcome to Broadway Radio's review recap episode for the second legit Broadway revival of Into the Woods. My name is Matt Timonini. In case you have forgotten how these things work since we last did one in April, if you are listening to this episode in Patreon, it is a standalone episode in your feed. And if you are hearing it in the regular feed, welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, July 11th, 2022. The production of Into the Woods that opened on Sunday night at the St. James Theatre on Broadway is, of course, a transfer of this spring's critically acclaimed and audience-beloved encores production of the Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine fairy tale classic and features a cast made up of roughly half-ish of the company from the City Center production, including Sarah Bareilles as the baker's wife, Gavin Creel as the wolf in Cinderella's Prince, Kennedy Kanagawa as Milky White, Annie Golden as a trio of three very different women, David Patrick Kelly as the narrator and mysterious man, Julie Lester as Little Red Riding Hood, Brooke Ishibashi as Florinda, Tanika Gibson as Lucinda, and Cole Thompson as Jack. Music director Rob Berman and the Encores Orchestra has made the trek down to Midtown for the revival as well. Joining them for this new trip into the woods is Brian Darcy James as the baker, Philippa Sue as Cinderella, Bettina Miller as the witch, Joshua Henry as Rapunzel's prince, Alicia Velez as Rapunzel, Nancy Opal as Cinderella's stepmother, Amy Garcia as Jack's mother, and more. The show is directed by Encore's artistic director Lear de Bessonet and choreographed by Lauren Lataro and features a scenic design by David Rockwell. As of recording, review aggregator site Did They Like It has collected 13 reviews and every single one of them was graded as positive. Starting first with Alexis Soloski of the New York Times, who made the show a critic's pick, writing, quote, Despite some cast changes, its humor, wonder, and humanity have arrived intact. Indeed, they may glimmer even more brightly at the St. James Theater than they did at City Center. She continues, quote, If the production's style is minimal, it is never austere, and on this mostly blank canvas, Debessonet, aided by Lauren Lataro's playful choreography, paints in rich and plentiful tones. Kindness is a watchword of Debessonet's work, as seen in her many public works productions. A recognition of shared humanity, too. Here, it seems to extend everywhere, to actors and audience both. I have rarely seen a show in which the cast had this much fun. Speaking of some of the performances, Soloski continues writing, quote, Varelis's performance as the baker's wife has only grown, beanstalk-like, since the Encores production. While she and Neil Patrick Harris had a wild, nervy chemistry at Encores, she's now partnered by the mellower Brian Darcy James. Together they find some fine rhythms in the roles of a married couple only beginning to know each other. Sue, a shimmering soprano who can make each emotion as legible as skywriting, gracefully replaces Danae Benton. And Patina Miller, replacing Heather Headley, renders the witch with a fierce, dangerous glamour, trading Headley's initial restraint for more ardent shadings. Moving on to Naveen Kumar's review for Variety, he wrote, quote, The revival that opened on Broadway Sunday night is not just a glorious lifeline for fans reawakening to the wonders of live performance after a long, dark hiatus. It's a crystalline showcase for sensational performances from an all-star cast of marquee veterans and a testament to the enduring genius of the beloved musical. Brittany Samuel, writing for Broadway News, said, quote, Patina Miller as the witch is so good that I want to add a T to the end of the adjective. If you are unfamiliar with what that means, uh, look it up on Urban Dictionary. Anyway, Miller is in masterful control of the story, the audience, and her own spidery, swaggerful performance. Julie Lester is innocent with a violent streak, excitable but also deadpan, every contradicting choice a hysterical delight. 
Philippa Sue is Cinderella, beautiful, clumsy, warm to humans and birds alike. Next, Adam Feldman gave the show four to five stars in Time Out New York, writing about the more serious second act, quote, DeBessonet hits these serious points movingly and gracefully at the end of the show without sacrificing the many pleasures that the musical offers along the way. Into the Woods' as Legion fans are well served by this revival, and at both the Encore's performance and the Broadway press performance that I attended, the audience response was overwhelming. The show, for all its thorniness, engenders the bliss of re-encountering an old friend who is holding up great. What more, in the end, could you wish for? Ran Ja reviewed the show for Did They Like It and wrote, quote, Whether you're a diehard Sondheim stan or a first-time visitor of the woods, you'll get reeled in by its initial apparent whimsy, its deceptive simplicity, only for it to tap into the hinterlands of your own pathos, and so through the woods of constant self-examination, you'd come out the other side a little changed and a little less alone. And to wrap up the reviews in AM New York, Matt Winman wrote, quote, if I had the time and money, I could happily sit through every single performance of the exceptionally cast, musically perfect, joyous and glorious Broadway revival of Into the Woods, Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine's 1987 musical of fairy tale mashups, moral probing, and community responsibility, which is playing a limited run through the end of the summer at the St. James Theater. It's not even playing through the end of the summer because the summer technically goes into September. This show is closing on August 21st. And as Ashley and I talked about on Today on Broadway on Monday, which you may have heard already or may not, depending on where you're listening to this, uh, there's very little chance of this extending. If it does on the very, very slim chance, it could only be by a week or so. One, because there's another show coming into the St. James, but also because of all of the disparate things that this incredible cast has still to do. Anyway, if you would like to read more of these and other reviews, we will have links to both the Did They Like It and Broadway World Review recaps in the show notes. All right, that is all that we have. If you are listening to this on Patreon, have a wonderful Monday. And if you're listening to this in the regular feed, I will send you over to me and Ashley for the rest of Today on Broadway. I don't learn the names, don't bother with faces All I can trust is this concrete oasis Seems every time I'm about to despair There's a 7-Eleven right there Each store is the Welcome same. to Today on Broadway for Monday, 7-Eleven, July 11, 2022 I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamnini Go out and get your slushies on today, friends I was just about to say, I'm a big gulp I'm person culture writer, Ashley Steves Freeze your brains in the words of uh, J.D. and Heather's The Musical Which I literally heard that song in the car the other day, uh, I'm always a friend, a fan of that concrete oasis. So uh, maybe you can throw mm-hmm. that in here uh, as the music underneath here. Ashley. Sure, why not? Um, there you go. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, tuning in with us. We um, are going to start the show with a little bit of bad news, but I wanted to put this out here, like before we get into like the theater specific news, because mm. uh, if you are like me and coming to New York City, uh, this is probably important for you to know. But all five of New York City's boroughs are back. In the CDC's high-risk category for COVID community spread, the current strain of the Omicron variant of COVID is being called the worst version. Uh, Currently, there are 667 U.S. counties that are designated high-risk for community spread. 
and uh, all of the greater New York City area is is part of that. So wanted to make sure that you were all aware of that, uh, despite the fact what? that... Yeah, Sorry, this- I was going to say, what music should I put under this that really <laughs> signifies to tell Eric March. Adams to go to dun, hell? Dun, dun, yeah. dun. And, and Charlotte St. Martin. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Face masks are currently being recommended for everyone indoors and in public settings, regardless of vaccination status. Of course, that does not apply. Well, I mean, I guess technically they are still recommended in Broadway houses, but they are not required. Um, I will say I went to a show on Saturday night. Uh, Masks were required here in Florida. Believe it or not. Amazing. The enforcement of that. A little spotty, but they they were technically required, and they made announcements to that such. Well, that's something, at least. And you got threatened to be eaten, so that's also cool. I mean, threatened or promised, uh, we'll see. In a a little bit of a semi-immersive Sweeney Todd, (laughs) that will happen. The butler. Uh, Yes, they, the, the, the butler right the, here with us, the man uh, the myth, butler the legend. Did it. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the Mrs. Lovett pointed directly at me and looked me in the eye when she was talking about the butler. Maybe something a little subtler, but uh, either way. Mm. Um, so keep that in mind as you are traveling uh, in and around New York City. Uh, I will be staying masked uh, when I am there later this month. But uh, anyway, let's get into the news today. And I wanted to start with the fact that there is a ton happening on Sunday, July 10th, as we are recording, uh, uh, let's start with the, let's start with the openings. Those are the, those are the, the, the biggies. We are starting with the first opening of the 2022, 2023 Broadway season. And yes. as we talked about beforehand, it feels like <laughs> this show already opened because it did like I two didn't months even ago. know there was an opening on Sunday yes. night. Yes. Yeah. Two, two months ago, because this is the encore transfer of Into the Woods opening at the St. James Theater. Yes, it is. On July July 10th. It is only running through August 21st. Um, really, I would imagine zero uh, chance of an extension because we do have another show coming in yeah. there and all of these big stars have other things to do. But the cast, of course, is led by Sarah Bareilles, Brian Darcy, James, Patina Miller, Philip Asu, Gavin Creel, Joshua Henry, uh, Annie Golden. Um, who else is in here? Um, Julia Lester, Lester Nancy oh Opal. So many great people in there. Um, and of course, I can't forget, uh, Kennedy Kanagawa as Milky oh White, perhaps God. the greatest puppet in the history of Broadway. Um, it is, uh, a show that I am super excited to see. Uh, I mm-hmm. wonder how this production would translate if it didn't have all these stars, just because it did start as a concert. Um, yeah. it of course is directed by Lear de Bessonet and choreographed by Lauren Lotaro as it was at Encores. Um, I, I, this is very much a kind of a park and bark concert production, which is totally fine yes, given is. what it is. Um, but I also feel like there is something about this show that would actually kind of lend itself to that. It wasn't dissimilar from like the original production in that, you know, yep. there isn't a ton of choreography. Like if you watch the PBS capture of the original cast, like, oh, and I have. Oh, oh and I have. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> it is kind of the same deal like you just kind of get the people standing there and singing so like even though there's not a lot going on it feels kind of into like it doesn't feel like you're missing anything i guess i was gonna say i feel like for this production um is definitely a lot more park and bark than what i would consider the original production to be especially since on the stage you have the orchestra and it's very very minimal staging like at most you have the trees and like the houses that kind of drop down um but 
Yeah, I mean, I saw it first preview, and obviously it hasn't technically opened yet, but I bought my ticket, so I can still talk about it. Stay away, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to talk about it too much, because like, I don't want to spoil things more than what I've already like yeah. released massive text threads on you as yeah. soon as I got out. You did. You did. Um, it, to me, and I, I love, I love, 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 love this production. I love the cast. The most special part about this all to me, other than, you know, it being really the first production I have seen since Sondheim's death, which was already in and of itself really emotional for me. Um, and the first show that I really fell in love with is how much fun everybody is clearly having on that stage. Like it is a bunch of theater nerds just having a fun time on stage. And yeah. that, that I loved so much. Get your tickets, y'all. I've got, I've got some. We have some. I know. We have, we, we have, have at least one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, because this is a Broadway opening, uh, the reviews, we don't really know when they're going to come out, probably after 9.30, 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock. So I will have a special review recap episode in Patreon on Sunday night. If you're hearing this in the regular feed, that review recap is already at the front of this episode. Uh, but because this is a Broadway opening, we will get back to that schedule. But I do want to mention there is another opening happening on, uh, on Sunday, July 10th, and that is the Shakespeare in the Park production of Richard III, directed by Robert O'Hara and starring a ton of really great folks, including uh, Sanjit De Silva, of course, the wonderful Denai Guerrera. Um, yeah. Who else is in there? Michael Potts, Ali mm -hmm. Stroker, uh, Daniel J. Watts. Um, this one originally was supposed to open in June, but because of, of COVID right. precautions, it pushed it back. It is currently slated to run through July 17th, which is this coming Sunday. So, um, they always do that. They do this all the time with the Shakespeare in the Park stuff. Um, it, it is a little frustrating, especially because they can't really extend because they have another Shakespeare in the Park production yeah. coming up, you know, next month. So, uh, obviously because the reviews are pushed back a little bit, it feels like a shorter run because it's only one week until closing, but it actually only lost the, that handful of COVID sure. performances. Um, but speaking of things closing, I did want to run through the shows that are closing on Sunday. And we are starting with uh, three Broadway shows, Macbeth, Plaza Suite, and uh, American Buffalo, and off-Broadway, a show that I think would still like to come to Broadway, and that's The Bedwetter. Macbeth is closing at The Long mm -hmm. Acre, where we are going to have up next, starting on October 2nd, Tom Stoppard's Leopoldstadt, which I did get that pronunciation yeah. correct. I looked up that one. Plaza Suite will be followed at the Hudson Theater starting on September 19th with the uh, London transfer of Death of a Salesman. Mm -hmm. And then American Buffalo uh, will be followed at Circle in the Square on October 13th, finally, by K-pop. Yes, yes. I know. I have no idea what to think of this production because it's going to be uh. – it has to be just physically so different from the original off-Broadway production, sure. which was – site specific and had multiple locations. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they're going to try to recreate that in circle in the square in some way, or if they have completely modified I think they need it. To. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know, but very much looking forward to that. Um, we, we bid the best to all four of those shows that are closing, uh, on Sunday and look forward to what is following <laughs> yeah. them in those spaces and what is next for all of those, uh, artists. What a change up from mammoth to 
Vernon and Park. <laughs> I know. <laughs> really quite different. Love it. Uh, all right. Real quick. Um, we talked about In Juliet last week, but the Toronto production at the Mervish uh, officially opened uh, last week. And so I did want to run through just a handful of the reviews for it. Of course, we talked about all of this um, last week. The cast includes Lorna Courtney as the titular Juliet, Paolo Jot. Betsy Wolf, Stark Sands, Justin David Sullivan, uh, Melanie ba- Labore, Ben Jackson Walker, and Philippe Arroyo. Um, the, the, the book, as you were so excited about, is written by Emmy winning Schitt's Creek writer David West Reed and yes, features indeed. the music by legendary five time Grammy award winning songwriter and producer Max Martin. Um, let's dive into these, uh, reviews. Let's start with Karen Fricker from the Toronto Star, who gave it 3.5 out of 5 stars, saying, quote, This is, on the one hand, a jukebox musical with a difference. While most such shows feature the work of one musical artist or group, the songs here were originally performed by a wide range of artists, offering variety. That said, Martin's stamp is on all of them, meaning that they're incredibly hooky, but not always lyrically eloquent, and most stick to a single idea. This contributes to a sense of relentlessness. The show would benefit from some trimming of its two and a half hour, including intermission runtime. She continues, the rom-com atmosphere is frothed up even further by the constant interjection of pop songs, some of which match the situation well. Juliet singing Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again as she starts up a post-Romeo relationship, and some of which don't quite, but... That's part of the fun, as in a glorious mashup of Katy Perry's Teenage Dream and Ariana Grande's Break Free, sung by a post-coital Lance and Angelique, who are hardly teenagers. Uh, many of the numbers feature energetic, elaborate musical staging by director Luke Shepard and choreographer Jennifer Weber, and uh, Sutra Gilmore's set reveals one new extraordinary hydraulic capacity after another, with characters rising from below stage through a trapdoor and ascending above it on a platform. Howard Hudson's lighting adds to the co- live concert atmosphere, while Andres Goulding's uh, projections further enhance the environment by evoking travel and establishing locations. Now, I think you and I kind of talked about this last week that mm-hmm. review well three and a half out of five good yep. solid not great totally but that says everything that i want to hear of a review from this type of show everything like, that i ex- wanted to hear and everything that i expected to hear which yes. is, makes me very happy yeah when you are going into a show that is constructed like this i i don't expect yeah. eloquence and i don't no, no, no. necessarily even want it like if it happens organically fine but i want the the i want the the creativeness and the wittiness to come uh, in these song choices. And it sounds like we are getting that. Yeah. I want a glut of song choices that make sense and make me happy. That is all that I can ask for. And that's what this sounds like. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, as much as I love the original Moulin Rouge movie, which I think did that in space, I don't think the stage prediction production did. No, like, I God, think they no. missed the mark on that a lot. So this is what I'm hoping for. One sure. more shorter review. J. Kelly Nestruck uh, from the Globe and Mail in Toronto wrote, quote, Everything is gleefully anachronistic, from Reed's sometime rhyming dialogue to Jennifer Weber's hip-hop boy band choreography to the tiny fluorescent colored backpacks that costume designer Paloma, uh, Paloma Young straps to each character's back, and the supporting characters are all vividly drawn. There is a problem with Anne Juliet, however, and it lies with its ill-defined title character who gets buffeted about by both the writer of the musical and the writers in it, as mm. we talked about before, um, Stark Sands plays Will Shakespeare. 
Shakespeare and Betsy Wolf plays his wife Anne Hathaway and in the show they decide they don't like the ending where Juliet dies so they're trying to rewrite mm-hmm. it. The are a plot twist at the end of the first act is wickedly witty but in completely upending Juliet's situation leaves her unmoored on her path through power pop from since you've been gone to problem to roar. So it feels like to me Again, the anachronistic stuff is what I am hoping for and yep. what I'm looking for. But it does feel like this is a a constructive criticism here that totally. uh, she she brings up where you need to get that title character right. And so I hope they take the opportunity to do that before it transfers to Broadway. And I think they will. I think they know how uh, much people are anticipating the show and want to get it right and want to do right by the people who have already seen it and loved it and are excited about it as well as the people who are excited about it on the outside that haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. Yeah, I'll be interested since it is such a big hit in London. I'll I'll be interested to see if they do much changes before it comes to Broadway, but it feels like you know, it's a Some different tweaks. audience. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the the London audience and the New York audiences are historically different, especially Absolutely. when it comes to musicals. So hopefully they take this opportunity yeah. of having a North American premiere in Toronto to 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 do some tweaking before a meet it comes in the to middle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into some real quick other news. And this one's pretty interesting. I have never heard of Shadowland Stages, um, but it is in Ellenville, New York, which I assumed named itself after Ellen Pompeo of Grey's Anatomy fame. Obviously. Um, starting on mm. Friday, July 15th and running through August 7th, they will be hosting the world premiere of Safe Home, which is written by Tom... Hanks, Tom Hanks, yeah. and James Glossman. Um, it is based on a series of, of short stories that Tom wrote and, which is really interesting, um, it's directed by Glossman, the co-writer, but it also stars Timothy Busfield, which is just like amazing because Timothy what? Busfield yeah. is, is, <laughs> Uh, uh, is great, uh, both from like 30 something and the West Wing and has gone on to direct a ton of television episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, here's the plot description for it. In Safe Home, we meet Bert Allenberry, a smart man, many say a genius. His inventions have changed the world. He has everything a man, a very rich man, is supposed to have, need, or want except for time. So now Bert is about to dive headlong through a door into other people's lives in other people's places in a time-bending odyssey to find his way safe home. So, uh, yeah, interested in this. Um, I have a, um, I have a, a, a book of uh, short stories that uh, Tom Hanks wrote um, oh, yeah. called Uncommon Type, which I haven't read. Right, right. Um, so... Yeah, so we'll see what happens here. I, I'm We're excited to, get to see this. Tom Hanks back on Broadway. It's been a while. It has I know. been a while. Maybe like nine, ten years, somewhere in there. Uh, I believe he made his Broadway debut. Stuff was. Yeah, that was in 2013, and that was uh, Lucky Guy, which he earned a Tony nomination. Right, right, right. So mm-hmm. yeah, so we'll we'll see. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't hate that. He is. He simply uh, doesn't a have enough drunk. work. So yeah, he's out there. Putting on uh, prosthetics to be uh, Colonel <laughs> Colonel Parker, not oh. Colonel Sanders, but Colonel Parker. Yeah, I mean, they look the same. <laughs> A little different. Um, anyway, uh, okay. So, in other news, I had not heard much about this, but apparently, MGM has greenlit a big screen adaptation of of Henrik Ibsen's Hedda Gabler, and directing it will be the director of Candyman and the upcoming uh, movie The Marvels, Nia DaCosta, uh, which is Ooh. which is very interesting. Uh, I love the fact that. Uh, they have tapped a black woman to direct this, and I hope that means that they are looking to do some sort of interesting. 
interesting take um, on this uh, on this you know classic iconic mm-hmm. perhaps one of the best written women's roles in the entire theatrical canon. So we will see what happens with that. Moving from the big screen, uh, I guess is sticking in, you know, rather than going stage to screen, going from screen to stage, it was announced last week that Theater Under the Stars in Houston has decided to cancel its upcoming out-of-town tryout for the Griswold's Broadway vacation. Um, apparently, the show was set to begin on October 25th, but because of the rising cost of materials, uh, they decided to cancel it and replace it with a regional promotion of the show the secret of my success um mm. it's interesting I, li- I like that vague enough cancellation like i'm gonna start using that yeah, the r- rising be- cost of materials i can't do this i'm sorry yeah well here's the thing uh-huh. I-, I don't want to cast dispersions because i don't know anything yeah. about this but uh, i am a big fan of of steve rosen who is right. one of the co-writers of the show um i've interviewed him here on broader radio before um but Ken Davenport is one of the producers on this show. Wild, yeah. <laughs> so it just kind of tracks that there is some sort of financial disagreement here, and I'm surprised Had they aren't doing happen. a Kickstarter. I'm yeah. surprised there's not a Kickstarter. Um, <laughs> I want this show to be successful because it seems weird enough uh, yeah. to like be interesting. And like I said, Steve Rose and the other Josh Cohen um, is a great show, and I think it would work. So we'll see what happens next. Uh, we'll this was out. hoping to come to Broadway. I think next season. Um, I don't know if this will change it. If they'll decide, maybe I just want to come straight to New York or if they want to try to do another out of town tryout, but surprising, not anybody. If you have a few dollars to spare to donate to the rising cost of materials (laughs) and, and Ken Davenport, please. Go to the show Call. notes and donate yeah. now. Yeah. Oh Lord. All right. So let's wrap up this show. This is a. I, this is not really a feel good recommendation because I. I feel like this is obvious. Uh, actually, something that uh, is probably more important than these people made it out to be. Uh, but if you have not seen this video from Broadway Barks over the weekend, Bernadette Peters mm. had to shut down some protesters at Broadway oh. Barks, and you might be saying, "Why uh. in the hell is somebody protesting at Broadway Barks?" And from what I can gather these protesters were actually protesting the humane society of new york and you're thinking why the hell would anyone Uh, protest the humane society of new york the humane society of new york shut down during the pandemic and has not been open for people to adopt pets since then correct which means that all of the animals that have been in their care and who have increasingly become um in their care since then have had no opportunity to be adopted yep. and they have just been sitting there and I'm sure taken good care of. But um, that is what these protesters are protesting, which uh, it seems logical to me in my little yep. understanding of the situation and not being an animal person. I don't know all the particulars, but what is interesting is don't you dare protest Bernadette Peters. Like who the Get hell do you think you are? Face. Yeah. Where's Patty uh, Lapone to yell? Who do you think you well, are? Yeah, but Bernadette did not need it. She did a great nah. job of diffusing the situation and um, kind of putting them in their place. So we will have a video of her shouting them down in the uh, in the show nice. notes. We want to check that out. Uh, again, this seems like a logical thing that you would want to protest. Yeah. Maybe not the best, um, you know, time and place to do it. Although maybe it is because it's the only opportunity I mean, you're probably going to get the say, attention. 
there's no such thing as a bad time or place to protest. Let that be known. But yeah, but I mean, maybe not the person you should be protesting. Probably um, not because because she's not somebody who is actually going to get you know make those decisions. But again, she's Bernadette Peters, so we're talking about it. So maybe they did their there you, know, you go. They, they did their job. Hey, get the attention. Yep. All right, everybody. That is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt Ashley. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No. This is Ashley. Don't forget if you are listening to this in Patreon after eight PM on Sunday night, check in the feed. You know, maybe a couple hours later, depending on when these reviews come out, I will have a, a review recap episode for at least probably Into the Woods. If I can get some stuff in there for Richard the Third, I will as well. But again, we aren't privy to when everybody is going to be putting these reviews out um, if you were listening to this in the regular feed you've already heard whatever reviews i'm putting in so uh, congratulations on time travel. nice well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well uh, and, you, and you didn't even need a bangle to go back to a 1942 uh, in partition but uh, uh, that's, a, that's a that's a miss marvel reference there so uh, spoiler alert <laughs> anyway everybody have a wonderful monday and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow